electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Some breaking news sending food delivery names like Uber and DoorDash lower. Our Deirdre Bosa has more on today's tech check. Hey, D. Hey, Carl. So those gig economy stocks, they are hitting session lows after Uber, DoorDash and Grubhub say they are suing New York City over a new minimum wage law. Now, even though they're going on the offensive, fighting a law that would significantly raise their costs, this is also reminding investors of their complicated relationship with their drivers who are classified, remember, as independent contractors not as employees. And it's also reminding them of the many other regulatory battles that these companies are fighting in a number of states and countries. Now, in the case of this law in New York City, which goes into effect next week, July 12th, it requires the gig delivery players to pay its drivers a minimum $70.96 an hour. That is up from the current average of just $7 an hour. So that amounts, guys, to a near tripling of base pay for the more than 60,000 food delivery workers in New York. And it comes just as some of them are finding their footing. Uber, of course, narrowing its losses this year. And in the last quarter, generating positive free cash flow. It is up some 70% this year. Dash is up 50. Share gains have been driven by these improving financials. But both, as I always note, remain below their IPO prices. So the question still being asked years on from those IPOs, are these good disruptive businesses or are they essentially utilities with a regulatory problem, guys? Still a question that plagues them. Has there been any, any analysis, Debo, on what that would do to their business model if they had to pay almost $18 an hour and whether or not they could pass that on? It sounds like it's just going to be passed on to the consumer, that Carl's going to yeah. have to pay you know, a $20 surcharge for his pizza. Yeah, exactly. Carl's going to have to pay a lot more <laughs> for that pizza delivery. <laughs> um, no, I, it typically does get passed on to the customer. But if you remember back a few years ago when they were fighting this battle over ride sharing in California, which involved Lyft as well, but all the gig economy um, companies, Uber and Lyft it got to the point where they said, we're going to exit California if this goes into effect because it was going to they were required to turn those independent contractors into employees, essentially, and that raised their costs so much that it didn't, the business model no longer made sense. So they haven't come out and said, been that harsh on this New York law, but certainly it raises the cost for them. And, you know, you wonder how much, how much Carl's going to pay for that pizza. <laughs> you know, what I'm thinking about, Dee, is um, sort of the, the positive stories that have been built around Uber in particular regarding uh, potential investment grade, uh, gap yeah. earnings on a 12-month, S&P inclusion. Those have all made the rounds last couple of weeks. I mean, Dara Khazrashahi, the CEO, has done a really good job in giving investors what they want, free cash flow positive. He's now talking about gap profitability, not just adjusted EBITDA, which is what investors want to hear right now. This changes that calculus a lot, doesn't it? If they're going to have to pay so much more in a major market like New York City, can it reach that pure profitability on the same kind of timeline? And it's not just happening in New York. It's happening in Minnesota as well. There's a regulatory battle looming in Europe. So, again, that's why I think you're seeing the stocks move lower. It's a bad day as well for the broader markets. But this regulatory stuff for the gig companies, it's real. And sometimes investors maybe overlook it because the financials are getting better, but it's still very much there. 
Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen beginning to beginning her visit to China today. But as the U.S. tries to get tough, some companies could be caught in the middle, among them uh, Amazon. Deidre Bosa joins us now in today's Tech Check. Deidre. So, Tyler, for Amazon, the China risk, it's competition. The latest threat you mentioned, that may actually be self-induced with those potential cloud restrictions. But there is also a battle brewing for its core, e-commerce. Chinese companies have been quietly making inroads with American consumers. Pinduoduo's online marketplace, Timu, it only launched in the U.S. last September, but it has quickly climbed to the top of app store charts. Timu is cheaper, aggressively promotional, programmed to sell you useless stuff, and it's totally addictive. It's kind of like a mix between Amazon and TikTok. So that may not sound all that appealing, but American consumers, they are increasingly looking for a bargain and they seem to love it. It's also cracked that discovery function that has eluded Amazon for so long. And Tyler, I just did a check and it is still at the top of the app store today. Second only to guess what? Meta's new Threads app. Whoa. TikTok is also reportedly getting ready to launch an e-commerce site in the U.S. as early as this month. So, guys, it's actually taken a very long time for U.S. e-commerce, for Chinese e-commerce platforms to crack the U.S. market. But there are certainly more signs than ever that it's doing so. You know, one reason I think, uh, Deirdre, that Timu is doing so well is that they're offering amazing bonuses for the people who already use it to get, I mean, I, I got a, a text from my 20-year-old niece going, Auntie, if you sign up, we both get $50. I, I mean, it would be no wonder that it would shoot to the top of the app downloads. And I mean, let's be clear. Those promotions make zero sense, right, Contessa? Like, they're basically giving you $5 for every $2 you spend or something like that. But this is sort of the old playbook, right? That's how some of the biggest app companies like Uber and Lyft were able to gain the kind of scope that they have. Turns out that that's not exactly that profitable. You can't just turn a switch and it's all of a sudden profitable. But that is the playbook that Timu is using. So I know, I mean, American consumers, they're going to take advantage of it for as long as it's here. But that sort of could be drawing some people away from an Amazon. How, how safe should American consumers feel if they're doing business with a Chinese e-commerce company? Should they feel that their data is completely secure, as secure as or as insecure as it might be with an American supplier? No, I don't think so. They shouldn't assume that at all. And they also shouldn't assume that these products are made using the same sort of standards that we're used to in the U.S. But again, a bargain is a bargain. Right, Tyler Contessa? Consumers can be lured in by those bargain basement prices. And that's essentially what the Chinese e-commerce players are doing. I mean, remember that story from a few weeks ago, Shein, right? It's another yeah. Chinese retailer that's making inroads here. They had this sort of promotional tour for U.S. influencers that kind of bought into it. But certainly the standards are not thought to be as up to par as they would be yeah. at a place like an Bargain Amazon. isn't a bargain if, if, the, if, the, if the product is crap, you know? Well, well yeah, it depends on what you value. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is you have to wonder if Amazon is going to start making um, the, argue, the counter argument about the environment because of you were telling us about fast fashion and, and the way that so much of this ends up in the landfill. Certainly, if you look on Timu at the things that are going for $1, $2, it's $3. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it, what? It, it all ends up in the landfill. Yeah, yeah. It's all junk. Sorry. You raise such a good point, though. I mean, Amazon has, you know, the climate pledge. They are doing or trying to do things on the back end, more energy conscious packaging and, and so on. But 
Again, I mean, it's interesting because it relates to this macro backdrop as well. If you think that the economy is going to be getting softer and consumers are going to pull back a little bit, maybe they're willing to sacrifice things that are important when they have more money in their bank accounts. Deirdre, thank you for bringing us Mm -hmm. that. Appreciate it. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.